What up, what up, what up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I want to thank you for joining us for another edition of the Charles Coleman Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Coleman. So glad to have you for another show. Got a lot to talk about today, a lot lined up. It's going to be a good one, so make sure you settle in. But before you do, make sure you do yourself a favor and hit that like button, that subscribe button. Make sure you are following us and sharing across all platforms. You can stream us anywhere where podcasts are heard. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify, we're on Pandora, you can find us wherever. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you have liked and subscribed. The Charles Coleman Podcast, this is the new home for Black Brilliance, your new favorite podcast. Come get with us, we outside, we up, we in hyperspace. And that's what it is. So super excited about today's show. Uh, They have let the men come out to play. The FCC ain't got no regulation on me. And so we're going to have a good show today. You know, I always have my dream team members with us, and I'm super excited about today. Not only the triangle offense, but we are running, this is the big three, running the triangle offense today. And so first, of course, to my right, y'all know him, y'all love him. Just, you know, it is what it is. The man speaks for himself. We got smoothest cashmere in the building. (laughs) (laughs) Cashmere Quillen is on the couch. I knew you were going to do the point. <laughs> I knew it was coming. It's coming, baby. Every time it comes, I, it just, it cracks me up. How you doing, bro? I'm well. How are you? I'm good, man. It's so good to see you. So good to hear you. You know, your your voice is like, I'd be not necessarily wanting to have you on the couch because women be like, Kurt, want, Kurt need to talk more. Mm. They want to hear Hey, Kurt. y'all. They want to hear Kurt talk. Hey, Puddin. Hey, Puddin. Hey, Puddin. Yeah. <laughs> so, casual Kurt in the building. And of course, to my left, you know him, he's Mr. Smile. He's Mr. Style in performance. Brooklyn's very own DJ CEO's in the building. What's happening? What's happening? Super, super glad to have you. How you doing, my brother? I'm good, brother. I can't complain. Always happy to be in your presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always good to have you, man. You know, I I um I'm excited. The dream team has so many different components, so many different iterations, but when we can do the big three, mm. we can mm. run the triangle offense. Let's get it going. It's something special. Uh you know, Kurt, I was thinking about you because, and, and, and CEO, you can probably relate to this, mm-hmm. being a black man, right? We have so many different ways of greeting each other that mean absolutely nothing mm. that we use all the time. Like, mm. we'll see each other. Hey, man, what's going on with you? Hey, I can't call it slow motion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Keep right. it in. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, they mean absolutely, like, you could literally have an entire conversation. Trying to get like you, man. That's right. It. If I had my, if I had your hand, I'd turn it in, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we just do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Keeping right. it fair for a square. Yeah, you wait. Hey. Mm-hmm. Well, I even heard that one. What? Hey, I can't call well, you. You know, he's guy. full of them. So yeah, Kirk got him. <laughs> Kirk got him. I can't. You know, I can't call it. You know, what I'm saying? slow motion. If I call it, I might spoil it. How about that? I've been doing it. I'm true to this. I'm new to this. <laughs> That's right. Hey, what are you talking about, sir? Nothing. I just asked how your day was. Nothing. We're not going to tell you how the day is. That's, <laughs> what it is. That's right. Still here. <laughs> I'm still here. Still here, baby. I'm ten toes down. You know, <laughs> rather, rather, be, rather be seen than viewed. That's right. right. What? 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 That's right. <laughs> I mean, these are things. These are like the idioms that make black manhood so special. Because you can literally go on and on and on. I know you got like eight more. Thirty of them. <laughs> you can do this all day in the chamber. <laughs> Never say the same one twice. Right. And you just, and you just keep going. Keep going with yeah. it. Oh, man. But how does it make you feel to hear them? Because they're, theoretically, they're supposed to be positive. No, it, it, it's, it's very, very endearing. 
they don't mean anything. Mm-mm. But it's such a cultural staple among like black men that no one else will really get it. Mm-hmm. If you watch it, like especially older black men, it's almost like a competition. It is. Like to see who's gonna run out first. <laughs> like that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> we still men. Right. Everything is ego driven, bro. Yeah. I, I, I love it because I can never remember all the ones that I find to be cool. <laughs> like I'm just like, oh, I think that. I gotta write that shit down. Yeah, you should like, yo, say that again? Right, right. It's just, just <laughs> you know, and it, but the thing about it that make that makes it so special is that it just rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's it's not pimp game, but it has the element of it in terms of the, the how tone. smooth it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'd be like, I could never remember that in a million years. I just kind of maybe I sound like a dog, like, hey, how you doing? How's, how's everything? What's up? Nah. <laughs> and they'd be like, whose man's is this? Right. Right. It, it just is what it is. All dude. is well, officer. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you come up with them? I don't know, man. It, like I said, it's, it's, it's a part of the culture that I've embraced. So over years of just hearing them, sometimes they just pop back in your head like, oh, I heard that one in third grade. And you just say yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Rudolph used to say this one. And you say that one in, in, in remembrance of him. You know, it's, mm. it's one of those things. I heard somebody say something like, Ain't nothing funny but your funny bone and hay is for horses. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know what that I, I, I was lost. I was like, what, what are you talking what? about? <laughs> anyway, we're going to get into our shortcuts. This is our conversation about news and views, the things that are in the news, the things that you may not necessarily have had an opportunity to talk about or hear about, but that we should be discussing. So, you know, uh, this is a, a black male conversation. And there's been obviously a lot of discussion around some of our recent losses, okay. mm-hmm. particularly around gun violence. And every time you get people from the hip hop community, you get people, you get rappers, you get MCs, you get artists who have, for lack of better terms, made a living off of gun bars, mm-hmm. getting on social media, getting in public, talking about not engaging this culture anymore. We got to do better. Mm. We got to stop the violence. And then a week later, they got a new record out where they talking about busting guns. Right. Pop Smoke, you know what I'm saying? It was RIP Pop Smoke. This is a tragedy. This is terrible. You're still performing the same songs. You're still making the same type of record. Mm-hmm. You're still arguably promoting or assisting in the promotion of the very culture that you claim to hate. Can we take them seriously? I mean, I, I really want to hear from both of you guys. Rel, you're the DJ. Mm-hmm. Like, can you take an artist seriously who on one breath wants to say, RIP Pop Smoke, RIP Take Off, Stop the Violence, but then is still performing the same records? Nah, and, and here's why. Like, for one, you know, um, an artist has to kind of set, they have to establish a resume for us to really understand who they are. So whether we can take them seriously or believe them or not, right? So, for instance, you look at, we'll take a legendary one in Tupac Shakur, right? We understand the complexity of people in general and particularly black men. So when you look at Pac, you can understand the, uh, strictly for my niggas, all the way to... Dear mama. You know, we, we understand that. We understand the complexity because... He really, really like was a thousand percent into everything that he said. Yeah. Um, so when he would go and have meetings with the Black Panthers or the Muslims or whatever and have these discussions, you believed him there as well. Yeah. But these artists, I don't 
think they truly have a stake in the wellness of our community. Mm. I think they're just really concerned about the bag. And I honestly don't even consider them artists when you really think about it, because how they approach their work doesn't suggest that they're in this to be creative and have a voice. They're in this to get a bag. So they don't care what happens when it goes out. So they're just doing their PR one, two step when things happen, yo, this has to stop, da da da. And then next week it comes out. So how can I believe anything that you're saying? My perspective is when do they leave the space of entertainer to now becoming the voice of society? You know, I think we, we, we allow popularity to now validate a person's opinion. And I think that's wrong. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, we, we, we don't vet um, our entertainers to, to, to be our leaders, quote unquote, right? But the popularity of their, of their entertaining puts them in a threshold to where we have to listen, right? They, they've created a platform where they have millions of people actually paying attention to them. So we rely on them to hopefully say the right thing, but they're not prepared for that. You know what I mean? So that's why I say I agree with it, but then I don't. And you mentioned Tupac. As, a, as I got older, I learned to appreciate Tupac, but when, when Pac was alive, I didn't like Tupac. Mm. That's an interesting statement. Um, you know, I think that I can't take you seriously. Right. That's my take. I can't take you seriously if, if you know, if, if you're really serious about addressing gun violence in community and you want to hold yourself out, regardless of whether we said that that's what we're looking for, because at the point that you make that TikTok or you put that Instagram post up, you're holding yourself out there, whether you like it or not, because mm -hmm. you, you know what your platform is. So at the point that you do that, I can't take you seriously if you're still willing to perform and promote violence in community. Like someone who says, you know what? I feel so convicted about this that I'm no longer performing these records. Right. I know they were popular. I know that's what gave me my platform. Mm -hmm. But it's contributed to such a problem that I'm no longer be a part. That's for me serious. Like I think anybody who, who wants to be considered serious in that vein has to take a look at what they're doing and how they're contributing. I would want them to be consistent. Like, I don't know if you remember uh, Young Thug, this was right after Michael Brown. He was on a red carpet BT and they asked him about it. And he was like, I ain't really too concerned with that. I'm just out here trying to look fly and get money. He did say that. I respect that more. As angry as I was, he said it, you're consistent. For the generation, the younger generation coming up, it has to be confusing for you to be putting out this, these gun bars and Facts. then be like, stop the violence, you yeah. know? No, I mean, and, and that's a great point. I mean, I would like for you to be on the consistent side of informed and right. True. But if not, at least be consistent. Yeah. Um, or be silent. Or be yeah, silent. Yeah, be consistent in your silence. Or well, stop asking them. So that's the, well, no, they're not going <laughs> to stop not gonna asking. Do that. that's, that's their job. Like, yeah. that, that's, that's what they're going to do. They're going to yeah. ask. They're going to ask because... When they when Young Thug says that, mm -hmm. it goes viral, yeah. and so and you and you're the reporter, like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So yeah. they're definitely gonna ask. Uh, I thought about this because, you know, CEO, I've known you since we were kids, mm -hmm. and you know, Kurt, I, I I have a lot of respect for the model you set as a man. Mm, appreciate that. Yeah. So you know, I I gotta ask, and this this can be as fun or as light as you want. Um, you know, I just realized there's a lot of shit that I don't do anymore mm -hmm. that I used to do. Like as a grown man, like I just, I'm like, yeah, I ain't doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. Like what's your number one thing that as a grown man, you like, yeah, I'm not doing that no more. Clubbing. Clubbing. It's over. 
It's over. It's over, baby. Is it, yeah. is it day going? Nah, I'm not. I'm not leaving the crib at midnight anymore. <laughs> That's over. Oh, so mm. so at the no services. It's over. And then when I get there, what am I gonna do? <laughs> look, <laughs> yeah, look, look old. Look old and just stand there. Don't know none of the TikTok dances. Nothing. It's crazy. <laughs> Dancing with my man's daughter. It's crazy. Oh my <laughs> god. That's real though. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. You too old, it's not, you, it's you not my scene. I'm done. Nah. You're done. That's that, it. Not happening. It's over. Can't drag you out. Easter star parties only. It's over. <laughs> oh my god. Elks Lodge. Elks Lodge. <laughs> Lodge. That's it. Friendsgivings. That I'm, I'm available. Send that. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with you on that. Send it over. Send it over. I'm done. I'm popping, but I'm not going to the Nah, it's over. What else you see, y'all? Oh, you know what? Uh, recognizing an L and not fighting it. Yeah. So, so when That's I was a big one. Yeah. So when I was younger, like you, like before the term FOMO came out, like that was real, right? So it was like, yo, we gotta go. And I'll give you a, a quick story. Uh, you know, we we went to Howard and it was Legendary Nightclub, Dream Nightclub, and their first Fridays were like chasing the night, everything, chasing the night. And so I was back in New York and I graduated ready, and I was like, "Yo, let's just drive down to D.C. Bet right." And I I didn't even have a car at the time. What? So my cousin just <laughs> let me borrow his car whenever, and I was like, "Yo, we gonna go to D.C." He's like, "Whatever, I got you." First mistake was his his girl, his wife at the time, she forgot to leave the keys at the house, so she had them. First sign, so we had to wait, right? Instead of leaving like at three, four o'clock when we wanted to, we had to wait. She didn't get to the crib till like seven. Then it starts raining. These are all signs that it's an L. Let it go. Go, go. No. She finally get there. We get in the car, fly to DC, get there in like three hours, right? And first Fridays was not the first Fridays that I remember. And it was just, see? it was just a terrible night. So I'm at, you know, I'm definitely at a point now where it's like when I see that first red flag. I'm cool. I yeah. can stay home. Take that out. Don't, yeah. don't chase the night. Nothing ever good comes of that. Yeah. I think that's a big one for me. <clears throat> my biggest one now that I don't do anymore, um, I don't need to tell my story. Hmm. I don't need to tell my story. Like, I, like, like, whatever you thought about the situation, whatever you felt about the situation, the given situation, you can have that. Like, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. Like, I, like I, think about it. You, you know how much time I would waste trying to out, be out here making sure someone knew my side of every story. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah. absurd. Yeah. So at a certain point, you just got to be able to say like, you know what? I know what I did. I know what I ain't do. Right. And I'm all right with that. Gotcha. Like, that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm just not one where now, you know, and I think that's, you know, kind of sort of in your space. I just learned to recognize like, you can't convince the convinced. Mm-mm. So if you're going to take the L in someone's story, because I feel like someone who really wants to know, they're the people whose opinion matter, right? Like, like you know, that like if you really want to know and mm. that like, but if you out here just running with a narrative, yo, go ahead, do that, think yeah. that, let it be, yeah, no doubt. You know, you ain't hear the one about the dragon tattoo that I got with the, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> the time I went to jail and the, you right, know, like right, whatever, right. yo. Like, I'm not here to validate or invalidate or correct every single story that's out here. And I think that growing up, that's been part of my journey in the manhood. Like, I ain't doing that shit no more. Like, no. I'm not telling, I used to really feel the need like, oh, no, 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 you got to hear my side. No, you don't. I ain't got to tell you my side. I haven't matured to that level yet because narrative is so important to me. You're not about to be out here running around. It is, but it's, it's about where the narrative is coming from. See, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. Like every place that a narrative emerges from is not the place that you need to worry about. True. You got to be, you got to understand like, 
these places matter. These narratives matter. Mm-hmm. These don't. Agreed. And let those other ones just rock. Because, you know, that's the thing. It, it goes back. It's one of these, you know, we were talking about these, like, black male idioms. You know, mm-hmm. they say, like, small people discuss other people. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, 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 like, I ain't going to sit around and, and talk about that because that's not what I want to do. But what yeah. I do want to do mm-hmm. is get into our contributor segment. We've got a good one lined up. <laughs> We've got Smooth as Cashmere. <laughs> Uh, today, I would like to discuss being that, you know, it's manpower today, right? Mm-hmm. We out here, right? We out here in these I need my brother's support on this one. It depends on what it is, but yeah, yeah let's do it. That's, now it depends on what it is. You my brother or not, man? <laughs> you know? City girls or not? City girls or not? How did you understand it? Speak on how you understood it. Are you in favor of City Girls or not? It's like, I need to be very clear about yeah, this. What is the context? What is the context? Uh, hey, no, no, no. Let's start here. My let's brother's start. got me out here looking crazy. No, 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 Just no. like that. No, See, as soon is, as you bring a chick, here we go. Now we're not brothers no more. <laughs> what is a City Girl? That's what we need to define. No, that's what you need. You asked the question. Well, for me, a City Girl is, a, is it's not a person. It's a it's a way of life. It's a it's a concept. For them, it's a way of life. It's damn sure a way of life. Yeah. So then, who who are them? That you've already made up your mind who I'm talking about. This is, this That's is, what I want to talk about. So I, I feel as though the city girl movement. Mm, it's a movement. It is a movement. Mm. The city girl movement is in large part couched around a few things, as I understand it. Fully acknowledging from a space that I'm not in. Okay. Right? From a purely observatory space, there are a couple of hallmarks. Number one, it is empowering oneself to show up in all aspects of how they want to show up unapologetically. So if you're going to get, you know, if you want to get this business suit and I want to, you know, rock these coffin nails that are muted, but use whatever language I use, that's what I'm going to do. If I want to put on a blue wig and show up and twerk at brunch, that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I could be the same person mm-hmm. given a, 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 you know, depending on how I feel that day. Okay. So I think that it's, a, a, from what I see, it's a matter of being empowered to show up as your authentic self regardless of the circumstance all the time. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, I think that there is, from what I have seen, a sexual component in terms of sexuality and owning one's sexuality in ways that we have not always seen from black women because of the ways in which black women have been oppressed. And so the ability to own one's sexuality, it's like Little Kim, forget Little Kim, it's like Mimi Ripperton on steroids, well, right? Okay. Like just in terms of just being able to speak freely, mm-hmm. think freely, and express oneself without gender constructs that say, you can't say that here, now, in that way, because you're a woman. So that's how I see it, in addition to the fact that like, you know, the same way that men have objectified women for generations in terms of like, you know, the money that they make and I got these chicks because I get money. Mm-hmm. 
I could do that too as a woman. That's how I see it. Okay. That, that, you, it's so funny you brought up, I, mean, I was going to say Millie Jackson. To Millie me, Jack- Millie Jackson is like the original city girl, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm all for people doing do history it. of city girls <laughs> on the Charles Cole podcast. <laughs> Millie Jackson. I feel like all of them, Kim, Cardi, they all owe her a check. She's the blueprint Big to facts. what they do. Um, I'm all for people just being who they are and doing what they are and understanding that this is not for me. So I'm not even like we're having this conversation, so I'll engage with it. Like in general, it's like I don't they they over there. I'm never going over there, and they mm. never coming over here. So I don't I don't I don't have I don't care enough to be like yay or nay. I just, I always feel like people should be allowed to be whoever they are. Um, my only concern is that the powers that be are now leveraging this movement, if you will, and now pushing this narrative towards young girls who have yet to understand who they are. Again, we, we, we live in a space now where, like how you, you started off your statement with they're over there, right? Mm-hmm. But it's more popular that that gets the over there swells. So yeah. now they over here. It's not just the over there. Right. I, I, I agree with that. It's and not just the over there. Because the louder it gets, the more it bleeds over. Right. So it's and not just the, you, you can't take that approach. Right? And young girls turn into old ladies at, at a certain point too. So now what? What do you say then? You, you know, know cat women? <laughs> I just want to be clear. No, nah, I ain't calling them nothing. But that's my point to the res- to the responsibility <laughs> aspect. Like mm-hmm. there has to be a re- response. Like, especially since it's a part of our entertainment. It's not like, Oh, that's what just are you talking them. about. Black people don't have entertainment. What? We don't have entertainment. What we do on a, once it become popular is a way of life. We we have to conform to that. But no, but it does mm. exist. It does exist in the structure mm. of like no. musically. No, no music. Nah, what are you talking that's, that's, about? that's a really strong point. It does become a way of life. Now that I think about it, it it's not just think about it. Mm-hmm. They're not showing up in the way that they do. Just at a party. Oh no, I agree. I know I agree. It is 100%. legit a way of life. I, I, I agree hundred percent. But these people aren't new, and the reason why I bring up entertainment is that Who they are already these people. Yeah, the let's, city let's, girls. No, I'm, okay, we're talking let's... about the city girls. The, that that idea of like that way of life has always existed. It's just now it's being monetized. So that that is my. That's why I bring up the entertainment standpoint. They're not new. That's true. They're not new. They've like, always if existed. At, if you look at BAPS, with right? Berry, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was a very specific. Right, you know, mm-hmm. expose mm-hmm. of a certain subculture. Right, but it wasn't a drama; it was a comedy. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we're yeah. talking about, you know, it was a parody, but it was based on reality, though. Like it was based on a a stereotype, and stereotypes are rooted in some degree of truth. So it was a perversion. It was an extreme perversion and dramatization of a parody, if you will, mm-hmm. of something that did exist. It did. It will always exist. Right. But like anything else, you know, the monarchy has a jester. So now what we're saying, the jester can now become king because he's cool mm. with the king and the queen? No. Mm. You won't take him seriously, right? Right, not right. But now we're in a space where the jester is the most popular. We don't even know who the king and queen is anymore. We're showing up to the castle <laughs> to see the jester. So I think it's really important, right, in this space, as three men, mm-hmm. as three heterosexual men, to be honest and authentic about recognizing the space that we occupy in this conversation doesn't mean we can't have it right mm-hmm. just means we got to acknowledge it right right what i will say is and this this is where i'm going to be most authentic about the discussion i feel like there's a practical and a principal conversation principally i think your point ceo about how people show up being authentic you having no problem with that 
I ain't got no issue with that. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. I am generally in favor of it. Practically, however, I do believe, and y'all can call me, you know, you being Bill Cosby, you're being Barack <laughs> Obama, you're being elitist, so and so forth. I don't I can stand by what I'm about to say and I feel okay with it. From a practical standpoint, we are kidding ourselves if we do not believe that we are not doing our young women and young men a disservice 100%. about having a real conversation about how they show up in the world in certain places and mm-hmm. in certain spaces. We have conversations, and what kills me is it be the people who know better who be advocating for it. You wouldn't let your daughter do that. You right, right. You wouldn't let your, you can say it's okay for them because you saw her Instagram because it doesn't touch you, but you wouldn't let your daughter show up in the world like that. Right. Especially in a particular context. Maybe if she went away and she's hanging out with her friends, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But you would not let your daughter walk out your house with an orange wig on and big eyelashes applied to her face going to a job interview. You wouldn't let it happen. Agreed. You know better. So trying to argue with me like on some, you're being super patriarchal about that. You're not being realistic and you're not being honest. Correct. We mm-hmm. have to put our young people in a position to succeed and there is a practical consideration with that. When I when I would, would mentor young men at Edge, you, you were present for this. Mm-hmm. I'm a civil rights attorney. I'm a former prosecutor. I can have conversations with people all day, young men, about the, the, the principle of what to do when you're stopped by police. You have a right to record the police. You mm-hmm. have a right to ask for their badge. Practically, I got to get them young men home. Right. Safely. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I got to set them up for success. So, me preoccupying myself from a place of being removed, because again, those people who are advocating, like, girl, just do whatever you like, twerk at brunch, do mm-hmm. whatever, tape it all, put it on put IG. It out. That's right. Put it out there. Right. Live your truth. Live your truth, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Those people ain't doing that. And that's the disservice because they go into their jobs like, I can't put that on. That's right. <laughs> right. I lose my job. That's why they got two they pages. Know better. Mm-hmm. They know better, right? But yet they're advocating for something that they don't even believe in. And that's the problem I have with it. So for me, in principle, I ain't got no problem. Show up how you show up. Mm-hmm. But in practice, we have to just be honest. How you show up, how we show up in spaces, it matters. And I also think that we cannot ignore that there is a level of toxicity that that mind frame has. We could save this for rules of engagement mm-hmm. on male-female relationships. That's Agreed. a whole nother conversation. Agreed. That's mm-hmm. a whole nother context a whole nother to the context, whole thing. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just in terms of the institution of City Girls, right? Mm-hmm. I believe that there's a practical and a principal conversation. I believe that nothing about what we're talking about has to do with respect. Because regardless, like really quickly, one of the problems I had back in, you know, last year, the conversation about Shakari Richardson, mm. the runner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who people might be this like, the, she's like the The, the athlete, fastest city girl. The fastest <laughs> city girl. <laughs> Fastest city girl on record. Fastest city girl on record. Yeah. Fastest city girl on record. People were like, you know, really holding her down. And I was one of the people who felt like, yo, there are women, black women, who show up in the same way that Shakari Richardson does, but because they're not running races and because they're not getting accolades and they're not on that stage, Mm -hmm. they somehow don't get the same level of respect. 
I feel like regardless of how they're showing up, I'm not with the, well, if you carry yourself with respect, then you get respect. Mm. That's some Bill Cosby. That's some Barack Obama. I'm not on that. Right, right. I believe that all of us deserve respect. And I believe in particular, black women deserve respect regardless of how they show up. But there is a practical conversation about whether the ways in which they show up are setting themselves up for success. Two very distinct conversations, but a lot of nuance. Fair. Yeah, and and also to add another layer to it, um, I think initially when people think about city girls or even city boys, we you know we talked about poverty before. Like you just think, oh, these are people that are in the hood, like you know, turn whatever. No, I was at Howard Homecoming, whole yard full of city full girls, full of city boys. For city, for city, city Multiple boys and city girls. degree city boys. Yes. Driving foreigns, got their own houses. City boy life is up. And so to that point, you know, we talk about code switching, right? I think I think what's happening is that their code switching is now it's like 2.0. Like for our code switching, it's on the phone, it's our tone, it's how we speak to people outside of our community. For them, their code switching is literally how they carry themselves. Because when they're around us, the only time we see them is when they're around us. I can't say I've seen a city girl in somebody else's environment. Like I've never walked into it's a corporate office and seen a city girl. So I think they or or city boy for that matter. So I think their code switching is now more so a, I, I a, think a that, full representation. I, I, I would push back. I, I I think that there are a lot of young people who've been disillusioned to believe that they can just show up in those spaces in that way. I haven't seen. That's and what I'm saying. I haven't for, seen. And they're up for a rude awakening because they don't understand. Mm-hmm. You can't. That's why you don't see them. Right. I got a last question for you on this. Mm-hmm. It's your segment. I get it, but I need to know. City boys, mm-hmm. yay or nay? <laughs> All of it is nay for me. Mm. You know, it's it, again, it's it's very toxic. It, it, what's the reward? But do you do, do you do it for the reward, or do you, do you do it for identity in terms of who you are? Is it about reward, or is it about character? I, I, I well, I would have to explain my understanding of it. My understanding of it is this isn't a real character. This is this is this is a, a caricature. Made, it's a caricature, mm. right? This is a made up kind of a concept yeah. to uh, kind of create a, a a visual on the toxicity, right? So mm. when we think of what that means, nobody wants it, right? So then when you think of how they show up, no one wants that. So it's like it's like a mirror kind of effect to me. No, no one wants it except for the other people who are willing to engage it. The toxicity. that's where they are. The city boys and city girls want each other. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So, I mean, that makes sense because we're yeah. on the couch. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody here, at least we ain't owning it, if we are, you know, the city No, boys. growing up, I realized, and I look back, I definitely was chasing city girls, and I didn't realize why they wasn't chasing me back because I wasn't, wasn't a city, city boy. boy. Right. But when you're young, you're not, you're not thinking mm-hmm. like that. So. I, I, I would have loved to chase a city girl. I knew it was out of my league. It wasn't happening. But I, did, I didn't know. Bias. I was just like, oh, you pretty? Hi, would you like to hang out for AP bio class? <laughs> not happening. Nah, nah, <laughs> I mean, nah, I'm in honest English. We could go out after that. Nah, nah bro. No, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for our smoothest cashmere. Our contributor segment. We're going to move on to our main conversation of the day. But before we do, please do yourself a favor. Make sure you go down, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that share button. If you're streaming us, we're everywhere. We're on Pandora, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, the Charles Coleman Podcast. This is the new home for Black Brilliance. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you're following, liking, and sharing. Leave us in the comments if you agree, disagree, like something, want to hear more about something. 
leave us a comment. We check these things. We read these things and we do respond. So this is a really uh, good time for us to have this discussion. And this is a For the Brothers segment. And for those of you who are new to the show, For the Brothers is a segment where we deal with man shit. Mm-hmm. Not man's fear, because like man's fear has a connotation to it of like we bashing women or we talking about what these women ain't doing and how they got to show. It ain't got nothing to do with that. We ain't even even on that. We're not even really necessarily concerned with those sorts of critiques. Um, but I want to have a very honest conversation. As a black man, one of the things I have struggled with is feeling heard. Mm. A lot of my experience in different spaces leaves me feeling and has left me not feeling heard. Yes, it happens in um, male-female relationships, of course. I'm gonna just be honest about that. Mm -hmm. It happens, but it happens in everyday life. It happens in corporate settings Mm -hmm. where me showing up in the way that I I do as a person, um, I'm either not feeling seen or heard. We show up very loud. We mm. show up in spaces, it's like, how could you not be heard? You're the loudest thing in your room. Right, right. And it's not about that. I want to start with you, CEO, in terms of, is that your experience? Would you would you say that you agree that as a black man, there are a, a, a lot of spaces where you struggle to feel heard? Or do you feel like it's just really not an issue as much? No, um, I agree 100%. We are, are not heard. I think sans like actual death, we are viewed as invincible, like mm. all the time. Like we, we do not feel pain. We do not um, go through anything. Uh, part of it's how we've been reared, like in the society. Some of us, you know, coming from the neighborhoods we come from, like it's about being tough, right? So we don't communicate properly often. Uh, so we, we go through things and it's like, we don't know how to put it out there. And so if we never say anything, people just think we're fine. That's part of it. Some of it is just, it's the narrative that's been created, how other people view us. And I'll give you a specific example. Uh, so my wife and I, uh, we lost, uh, we were pregnant and we lost um, our son about five years ago, right? And the one thing that stuck out to me was how from the hospital to friends and family, nobody ever asked how I was doing. Not once. Like I remember we were in the hospital and we were le- like, we, it was after we lost the baby, we went back for like some sort of checkup or something. And like the nurses just kept asking her, like, how you doing? And I'm standing right there. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you know, I, I, I know our experience through pregnancy is different, but like I lost my child too, right? Nobody. And so like it bothered me for a really, really long time. Um, and I spoke to a, a couple of people about it. And once I spoke up, people owned up to them dropping the ball on that because yeah. um, they never thought about it and they really understood that like, yeah, nah, we, we not checking for y'all in the sense of trauma, right? We've come a long way since that, you know, but they're not really checking for us. And then, so maybe like a year after uh, we lost them, I did write an op-ed piece about it uh, and shared it and I got like a lot of feedback. And what I found out is a lot of my friends went through the same thing. So this goes back to the communication standpoint. Like, no, we're not speaking about what we're going through and letting people know that we are hurting. Yeah. Like, I, you know? I think your point about invincible, like, that that shit hit me like a brick. And, you know, it hit me. 
right. black superhero, right. like a brick. Right. Because I can tell you, like literally, I want to say it was like uh, if G was here, you know, sitting on the couch, I would, I would, I would ask her. It was either earlier this week or late last week. I think it was like earlier this week. I went to the lounge on a low day, and I just sat there, and I had so much shit on my head, and I was like, I, I, I wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I almost didn't know how. Mm. And like, oh, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so it was like a real kind of jokey like space with, you know, it was small. It was mm-hmm. a small group. And I was just like, yo, I'm just, emo-. I felt emotionally raw. Mm-hmm. And I've had those moments where I felt emotionally raw. And I, even for me, someone who literally makes his living on words, have not always had the ability to express that. Mm-hmm. And very seldom is it ass. Mm-hmm. I think those experiences, for better or for worse, condition you around that invincibility you talked about. Yeah. And but for me though, I would say the most impactful things, right, wrong, good, bad, or indifferent, I have found to be in relationships. And I say that because um for me, those have been the things that have affected every... Because I feel like, oh, I got to go out here, I got to deal with these folks, mm-hmm. these folks, right? I, I could do that with my eyes closed because I've just been doing it so long. But when you, when it, but for me, when you're dealing with your woman, your lady, mm-hmm. and you're in a space where you don't feel like she is listening to you, like she hears you, but she's not actually listening to you, that is the most frustrating shit in the world. Mm, definitely. Because then it's like, who do you talk to? Have you ever experienced that? Of course. You know, whenever you talk about relationships, I've ran the gambit. <laughs> you know, there's we got OG in the <laughs> you know like OG the OG. You know, I felt it all. But again, in that, right? I always at this point in my life, I have to say, right? Because I, I was I was a mess at one point and I got myself together, right? So <laughs> speaking from you now as a person I consider it got itself together, there's there's a there's an emotional uh blanket that a lot of men wear. And we're scared to take it off, right? Some of us are burning up under that blanket, mm-hmm. right? It, it's hot as hell under there. Hot damn! But we, we refuse to take it off. And I, I, I want us to get more comfortable with being comfortable in our uncomfortability, in our discomfort, right? So it's like, like you, the, the example you gave. The other night, you're in a space that we love and treat dearly as an outlet to our sanctuary, lives. Right? Outlet, a sanctuary, yeah. right? If you can't feel comfortable in being vulnerable in your sanctuary, then is it really a sanctuary? Well, you know, I, I think part of it is, and this is not necessarily something that I expect other people to get. I remember I called my man, um, shout out my man, Stefan. I had given him a call about something. This was a, a while ago. And I just had a bunch of shit going on, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on. And I remember he said to me, I know you are not in a space emotionally to carry what you carry it. Mm. And when he said it, it just communicated a level of understanding because it was a man talking to another man. He knew the weight of what it was that I was dealing with because he knew the specifics about this and that. Mm-hmm. But he also knew as a man how heavy it was and the fact that very few other people were going to be sensitive to that or appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he communicated that to me is a big thing. I think that 
And what I took from that was if we are going to be heard Mm -hmm. as men, you know, like with respect to women, that's a different conversation. It's one that desperately needs to happen. But I think it can start with legitimately looking to hear each other. Correct. Because like I can understand a little bit more about your whatever it is that you're at, wherever you are. There's a greater likelihood that I've been through it, mm-hmm. right? To your experience, yeah. Than maybe a woman from her perspective, or right. or there's a better likelihood that I understand why it's impacting you the way that it is. Yes, from mm-hmm. your perspective. So I think the first step is we got to be able and willing to hear each other. Correct. Mm-hmm. But to hear you, you have to speak. That's fair. Which is a challenge. It's a challenge. In, it's in a this challenge. Sense. We've been trained to deal with skill sets, right? That don't attach themselves to emotions. We know how to problem solve. We know how to get money. Yeah. We know how to bottom do all line, these things, right? At the end of the day, That's this it. is what it is. The and, b- bottom line is this. And unfortunately, a lot of us, myself included, um, you know, my my dad was the, I love, love him, love him to death. He was the least affectionate person I've ever met, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen him cry twice. Once is when his dad died and once is when I went to college, right? Mm-hmm. But we never had those conversations. So I didn't grow up knowing how to communicate, not only how to speak, but how to receive, right? Mm-hmm. And I carried that into my relationship, right? So being with my wife for so many years, I had to learn how to be aware of even what she was saying. I'm grateful enough that she was already prepared and she understood how to be in tune with what I was going on. But even still, I didn't know how to communicate that to her because I was never raised or trained to communicate in that way. Mm -hmm. I think (laughs) the issue is, particularly as it relates to male-female relationships, there are a lot of, unfortunately, there are a lot of women who not only would you have to like literally sit down and explain this to, Mm -hmm. you would still have to convince after you said it. Right. Like, what do you mean I don't hear you? Right. We talk all the time. Mm-hmm. Ma, this is not what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Right? Mm-hmm. That is evidence of how far we have to go. Because, like, yeah. you know, with everything in community, it starts at home. I got one, one question for each of you mm-hmm. as we finish. Um, what do you do to create spaces where either you feel like you are heard or others can feel safe being heard. And where is your safe space where you feel like where I need to be heard, I can go? Either of you. I, well, oh, well I, I would say, again, I, I, I think God some decided to bless me more than maybe I'm, <laughs> I, you know, I deserve. But I've always had that circle. And I feel like you're included in the circle as well. I mean, I have like a, a core group of, of friends that like whatever the, whatever is going on, yeah. you can speak your mind and we're going to listen. And if somebody says something that might be insensitive out of pocket, somebody in their crew is going to check that other yeah. person. Yeah. So I have that. I don't have to create it. Um, and in this conversation, I assume that I'm in the minority, right? Yeah. But I have that. So I don't have to go out anywhere. Like I got the group chats, phone numbers. We'll hop on the Zoom. We'll go you know, do lunch or do dinner and just like, yo, what's going on? What's going on in your life? How's, how's the wife? How's the kids? How's work? Like, you know, we, I have that built in and I've had it 
my entire life. And we've all grown up learning how to better communicate. The, 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 the data says, and I know this to be true, that you are in a increasing minority. Mm -hmm. There are more and more men of all races who are becoming increasingly disconnected mm -hmm. in ways that are problematic and leave them feeling as outsiders. That is a problem in society on multiple levels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's another conversation, but I will tell you that like that notion of having that circle, and I'm I'm honored to be a part of it, and you a part of mine, mm -hmm. is not as common as it once was. And it's important that we invest and engage those spaces before we talk about women, before we get to our relationships, mm -hmm. just as men. Like yep. that's a thing. Mm -hmm. Where's your space? Um, I mean, anyone who knows me knows that I try to take things very lightly and be comical in my approach towards anything. So a lot of therapy I do, I do through joke. Mm -hmm. And then depending on how the joke reach and who it reaches, then I can go deeper into the conversation. The harder the laugh, mm -hmm. it might hit, the right. harder it hit. Right, right. Because so, they know it's real. Exactly. So that's 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 my little uh temperature check thing that I do. So gotcha. outside of that, um and then you know I'm I'm unapologetically me anywhere I show up. So if I'm going through something I don't. I don't really know how it's gonna affect anyone else, but somebody's gonna know that I'm going through something. Right. Because I'm not. I'm not down with holding it in. Dog pissed it on this goddamn coogee. <laughs> pissed. No, I, I get it. You know what I'm saying. I get it, um, and I appreciate that. I guess the takeaway for this is um, understand that black men being hurt is a real thing, and for anyone who's listening, it's not a one-time thing that you engage where you just ask a black man in your life, "Hey, how you doing? Do you feel hurt?" That's not mm -hmm. how it works. Um, it is a real conversation to understand the ways in which people feel like they may not have been heard mm -hmm. and how you can make fundamental changes in your communication patterns with the black men in your life that you care about mm -hmm. to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's going to bring us to everyone's favorite segment, Rules of Engagement, our conversation about love, sex, and relationships. Before we get started, make sure you do yourself a favor. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button at the bottom of the screen so that you are sharing, you are following, you are streaming, all of the above. If you're watching us on YouTube, if you are following us and listening to us anywhere podcasts are heard, that's Apple Music, that's Spotify, that's Tidal, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you will always get the content that we're putting out on the Charles Coleman Show. So excited about today's conversation. This is Rules of Engagement. I'm joined by the very lovely member of the Dream Team, Miss Gloria Sherubin. Thank you so much for being Thank with us. Thank you for us. having me. Thank you. Looking, 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 looking. You looking. Spit it out. You Thank looking. You. You're looking. Appreciate you. You, you looking real you, good too. I'm, I appreciate I'm feeling this, this little I appreciate this. Uh, camel with the blazer. Yeah, it's nice. If you are um, if you are watching, you understand what we're giving. If you are listening, I encourage you to watch because part of the show was the style. And if you're not getting the style, you're missing the whole part of the show. But tonight's conversation in terms of rules of engagement, ROI, return on investment. Mm. So You're going to talk business? The business. The business. The business. The business. The business. Okay. All right. So women and men are different. Okay. And, you know, we've talked about this on Rules of Engagement before in terms of like, as a guy, what the ROI is in terms of the business, if y'all getting into it, and it's just not where it is. And another contributor said, well, women, when women get into that space in terms of the return on the investment in terms of the bedroom not being what it's supposed to be, 
that that's when they friend zone the dude. Mm. Is there? I, I was like, I think that they made that decision early, but he was like, nah, nah. Do you, you ever notice that there are guys who are friends with chicks they used to mess with and they got friend zone? It's because the 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 bedroom action, like you know, on the mattress. That's it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It was. It was. Right. Right. Is that true? That's a real thing. No, absolutely. Really? No, you will get friend zoned if you're not. Oh shit. Doing it for me, like. I think that there are some guys that we do friends on off the top because the energy just isn't they're just there. Not, but they're not getting in there at all. They, like, they're they're not, they, no just, they never had a chance. Okay. But then there are those that you gave a chance to and you thought was going to potentially perform and it just didn't work out and you friends on them. Wow. When do you make that call? Like, do you give them like two chances? No. 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 It's a no. One and done. One yeah. and done? One and done. One and done. There's no comeback. There's no comeback. Sometimes, that, so when you get friend zone, like, see, because there's those like, I had a bad night. And right. We could do that. But when you get friend zoned, it's because. But how do you make the difference? There's a difference. What's the difference? The difference is your performance. I'm just saying, but how do you know it was like, eh, you know, it wasn't really, it was a first time. It wasn't like, because that's the thing. It's also first time. Right. Right. So like, versus like, yo, I'm. I'm signing the BDR and you are because you know, you know what I'm saying? I know for certain it's automatic when you experience it, you know you're not going back to it. It's because it takes a lot for us to get to that space where we're like, all right. I need a real life example. I need like when you knew, like what something, was it something he did, something he said? Like I need a real life example of when you made the decision, friend zone. Friend zone. Because of, because of that, because the ROI wasn't what it's supposed to be. Real talk. Okay. So real life experience. Situation gets sticky really fast because I wanted it. I went in with intention. Okay. So you knew what it was. I knew what it was for me. Okay. And when I got there, it wasn't what it, I wanted it to be. And I decided I wasn't going back ever, ever again. Because maybe because I built it up so much in my head. Well, right. So like when you say that, like you want him to make love to you or you want him to bust you down? In this particular situation, <laughs> I wanted him to bust me down. Right. And he did not bust and me he down. He came up short. But, okay, so, but did you communicate that? Yes. Nigga said, well, you are, he came up short. He short? came up short. He came up short. Size matters, guys. Oh, well, see, that's <laughs> different. I think that's different. I think it's different. No, it's not different. No, 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 no. I understand that because you're not changing that. Like, that's what it is. Now, you asked for no. a very specific example, and I gave you that. No, I get it. That, There's like, never going to be a return no, on I, investment. No, 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 it's no, no. I thought, it's just not coming, guys. I thought it meant the equipment was fine, but just what he, how he was using it just ain't work for you. That's what I thought you meant. But if his equipment is Short. insufficient, yeah, if he got insufficient funds. In, in it's the, just what it is. It what, I can't tell you nothing else. I'm going to give it a buck. It's what it, Are y'all still friends? Short. Yeah. Great friends. Damn. Does he come to the shop? Damn. <laughs> wow. Why are you doing that? <laughs> I had to ask. I had to ask. That's going to do it for today's conversation on love, sex, and relationships. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Charles Coleman Podcast. I want to give a special thank you to my contributor, Gloria Sharubi, who joined me today. My name is Charles Coleman. I am your host. We are the new home for Black Brothers. Make sure you're following. Make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're sharing. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We'll be here again next week on the Charles Coleman Podcast. Peace. Peace.